Welcome back to another episode of the Mac Rumor Show. I am Dan Hartley. Good to see you. Um, we're like one month away. Well, no. Well, when when this is released and when most people are probably listening to it, we'll be we'll be one month away from the rumored Apple event for the iPhone 15 and the Apple Watch. Um, I'm starting to get excited. It's been a slow summer now after WWDC was over with, so I'm ready to get back into the craziness that is September and then Techtober and all of the releases that happen in that time frame uh, before we get to the end of the year. But how are you, how are you feeling about the the uh, the rumored Apple event, which, I mean, happens every year, so we could pretty much bet it's happening. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really interested to see exactly what is coming. Um, is it just going to be iPhone and Apple Watch? Well, that was um, going to be my question for you. It has been in the past, but yeah. I, I really don't know. Could there be something else? Could we get a little iPad mini refresh in there? Um, could we get a first glimpse at M3, even if we don't get the M3 Max? Um, I don't know. Is there going to be anything else? Maybe new uh, accessories? That's something else. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little more detail a little bit later. Uh, but I, other than accessories... Apple Watch and iPhone. I really don't know if there's anything else, but that's probably enough for a September event, especially if we get something else before the end of the year with M3 Max. Well, let's let's start with the event itself. So what we do know for sure, well, not for sure, but what we do know and anticipate is that uh, it's probably going to be another pre-recorded event. Um, and it's most likely going to be on September 12th. Now, there was a report from German last week, I believe, um, saying that it was either going to be the 12th or the 13th. Oh, no, this was on Sunday. And then uh, then I think just recently he came out and said that it's all signs pointing to the 12th, which the 13th, you know, one of our colleagues yelled at me because I, uh, I missed that little note and saw that it was... I did a video on this yesterday if you guys want to check it out. But, you know, I was saying that it was either... I've been anticipating the 12th all along, but I focused on the 13th because... This little note was interesting that there was a rumor uh, that a major smartphone announcement was going to happen and that multiple carriers have been blocking employees' calendars from taking time off on the 13th. And the only reason why I bring this up again is because I just still think it's funny that carriers are like, you can't take off this day. Apple's releasing a phone. But like, what is what happens on the day an iPhone gets released at like a Verizon store? Are people like running there to, yeah, to do what? To exactly. talk about it? So that rumor was a little sketch. So I just wanted to, I was trying to further validate that I think it's going to be the 12th. It's usually been on a Tuesday um, and it's always within those first two weeks. Um, so we're looking at September 12th. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, iPhone and Apple Watch. Those are really the two things. And then in my video, I, I said, I don't know what kind of surprises there could be. Could there be more talks about Apple Vision Pro? Like, do you think they'll talk about how the new iPhone and Apple Watch could integrate a little bit? Uh, or is it possible that they just don't mention Apple Vision Pro at all? I think it would be a missed opportunity if they didn't, uh, because I think they've got to keep the momentum around that device. Yeah, uh, And I think it would be really interesting if we could see some tangible differences with the iPhone 15. Uh, one rumor, actually, that I, I was reading, it's quite an old one now, uh, which is that we are supposed to get a next-generation ultra-wideband chip 
in the iPhone 15 models, in all of them. So it's not just for the Pro models. And I think the U1 chip is made with a 90 nanometer process. But this second generation chip, I don't know whether it literally will be called U2. Um, but Oh, I hope if it's it called is, U2. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, it, call, it, call it the U2 chip for now. Uh, It'll be on everyone's iPad. Be, I think seven nanometers. And that is a huge increase um, uh, in the amount of transistors they can fit on there. So that is an enormous upgrade from 90 nanometers to 7 nanometers. Yeah. So if we think about the AirTag discussion that we had last week, mm -hmm. if the next generation AirTag is going to lean into this ultra-wideband um, integration with Vision Pro, maybe the U2 chip also uh, has some, some connection with vision pro there i think it's gonna be one of those things where okay maybe they don't mention it maybe they mention it once or twice but i think they feel like i i just feel like it's gonna be one of those like hey don't forget we we launched this but they never talk about it throughout the rest of the event i feel like that's more likely because they they need all the stuff they can talk about when they officially do their their event for apple vision pro I doubt there'll be new information about it. I don't think we're going to get you know more details on the accessories or the I don't know the the, the different light seals or wh whatever it may be where we still have some outstanding questions. But I have no doubt that we will see it in some capacity. Um, yeah, because they they have to keep the excitement around this device. I think it would be pretty terrible even just for shareholders if Apple holds a major event and they just don't mention it. Their yeah. biggest new product. Well, especially if you look at some of the comments on my videos about Apple Vision Pro, like I did one recently, um, you know, kind of like one month later, like how do we feel about it after we've had a month to digest? And people were like, I haven't heard anything about this device since it was officially like, they feel like all the buzz has worn off. So I kind of agree with that. I feel like it's been pretty like, okay, here it is. And then for like two weeks, that's all we talked about. And then like everything just became less and less to the point where no one's really mentioning it in anything. Obviously, that'll pick back up, and Apple has a great way of marketing their devices, and they'll they'll figure it out. But yeah, I think they they have to mention it in some way. I just don't know that it's going to be something that's heavily involved. Uh, but obviously, we are expecting iPhone 15 lineup. Um, are you expecting any surprises with the iPhone 15 lineup, or do you think it's going to be pretty much what we've been reporting, and that's it? Because like the Dynamic Island was a surprise, and in the sense that we almost went into the event completely in the dark about it. It was only like a couple days beforehand in which we found out that there was going to be this different type of cutout. So do you think there's anything like that or are we still shaping up to be just pretty much like another event where we know everything? I'm not sure um, if there is going to be anything major with these devices because for all intents and purposes, this does feel like a little bit of an S year in terms of upgrades. Um, and with something like Dynamic Island, we knew about the cutouts and we'd heard about some software integration, but we didn't know how that would actually work. With this uh, device, and you think about, say, a titanium frame, I know what that is like. It's yeah. not, there's not really much capacity to surprise me. Even with things like an action button, how much can they do with that other than just, you know, make it integrate with shortcuts to well, really um... uh, do something interesting? Let's go through that list. Let me see if I can find it. Um, there was a list of things that leaked. Remember, we had a story on that. Here, here it is. Uh, so 
the options that were found in uh i want to get this right ios 17 beta 4 found some code that had nine different options that users could customize and assign different actions to and so um i want to know your thoughts on this list did we didn't go through this already right i don't think so i don't think so no <laughs> i apologize if we did guys but we're going to go through it again okay so accessibility this would be most likely what like accessing voiceover zoom assistive touch all those things yeah shortcuts obviously that's self-explanatory you can map out any shortcuts that you have in your shortcut app um obviously it is a mute switch first and foremost so silent mode um then the camera which is what i would want flashlight focus modes which is interesting i didn't think about that uh, magnifier, which would let you use the camera's magnifying glass. Translate, which this option would let users launch the Translate app and start a conversation or text translation with a single press of the action button. And then voice memos, which would just be launching into the voice memos app. Hey guys, I just want to let you know this episode of the Mac Rumor Show is sponsored by Mint Mobile. Signing your life away to a big wireless provider is kind of like being trapped on a roller coaster. From hell... Sure, it looked like fun at first. I mean, they probably threw in a free phone. But now you can't get off. Month after month of insane bills and unexpected thrills like overages and surprise fees. If that sounds like your current big wireless plan, it's time to get off the ride and get with Mint Mobile. For a limited time, wireless plans for Mint Mobile are just $15 a month. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for just $15 a month. Nobody likes huge phone bills with a bunch of hidden charges that come and go and then you got to call them up and it's like, what's the deal here? And I just, I hate going through that. That stuff just doesn't happen with Mint Mobile because it gives you premium service for just 15 bucks a month. Obviously, you can have just one line or you can have a family plan and plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. I have been not only loving how fast Mint Mobile is compared to my last provider, but just how reliable it is and every month when i go to look at my bill it's always the same price you can also use your own phone with any mint mobile plan and bring your own phone number along with all of your existing contacts so to get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get that plan shipped to you to your door for free go to mintmobile.com mac that's mintmobile.com mac cut your wireless bill down to just 15 dollars a month at mintmobile.com mac I feel like the best way to do this, in my opinion, is to have like single, double, triple tap and and then have three different options available. Do you think that would happen? I think that it's got to have some multi-purpose capability. Okay. And I wouldn't be surprised if mute uh, is, is maybe you can't change to that. So a single press of it or a long press gets you uh, mute and unmute whereas a double press gets you to your action um i mean of course on the ipad ipad has mute but it's just in control center so <laughs> maybe that can we, we will see it emerge in control center and then if you if you don't want the button to be for that that's where you access it instead on the iphone i mean i know that's like two extra steps to get to it or one extra step but that would almost be preferred in my opinion just don't make me use it as a silent mode because I rarely ever turn it off. So if I do, I can take the time to do one extra step and get into, you know, and I, again, I said this last time and I was kind of shocked at how many people were like, I use, you know, I go between silent and unsilent. I'm like, you do? 
Like you, you actually turn it off and you have your ringer on. I'm shocked by this. I never, I don't even know what the ring, what the ringer sounds like anymore. They could have changed it and I'd have no idea. Yeah. I, I keep my iPhone on silent most of the time as well. Yeah. Um, I think I would definitely use an action button far more. Um, I think just for setting timers or, uh, I mean, you can do so much with shortcuts, um, playing a playlist or starting a workout even could be really useful. Yeah. I would love it to just be fully customizable in the sense that we can just pick whatever we want. But, you know. Or you would be able to do shortcuts. It's not the same, Hartley. It's not the same. Why? We've had because this discussion the, about the Apple Watch Ultra as well. And I, yeah, I can't get my head most around. Normal, most normal people aren't going to want to spend most. Mo- I, I, okay. And again, I could be way off base. And then this is just another one of those things where I find out that I am fascinatingly like just out of touch with the average consumer. I would love to hear from you right now on x.com, which sounds dirty. Uh, go there and tw- x at us, post at us. I don't even know. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. At Dan Barbera, at Hartley Charlton, or leave a comment or whatever. Just get in contact with me. Do you know what the shortcut, what the shortcut app is, first and foremost? Have you ever created a shortcut from scratch? And if not, do you have shortcuts that you download or do you even know where to find those? Because my thought process is most people don't even know what the shortcuts app does, probably has never opened it. But again, I'm thinking from people like my wife who does not know, would not open it. People listening to this podcast probably do. But I'm I'm talking about the vast majority. If your iPhone 15 Pro comes with mute just automatically mapped to that button yeah, it's a good chance that's what that most people consumers aren't... <laughs> are just going to use <laughs> yeah. so okay. it's really only if you care that you would then open the shortcuts app and but like but like tell your own thing tell tell me you can do shortcuts i'm not saying to remove that i'm saying what most people would probably want is just the ability to pick any app so like have this list and then just customize it to being like or open this app and then you just pick from your list of apps it doesn't have to be anything crazy specific. But then that's that's opening up a whole separate API that developers have got to integrate because, of course, you'd want third-party apps to be involved in that in some capacity. I mean, and it's not that hard. Literally every, literally every other Android device can do this. It's not that hard. Is, is this like a privacy thing? I, I just... I like the approach that Apple has got because I'll give you the example of how the Siri API worked up until quite recently. I think it was literally a, an iOS 17 change or at least it started around um, iOS 16. Is There was a dedicated API for um, things to integrate with SiriKit and that has now been removed and instead things integrate with shortcuts and you now have pre-made shortcuts. So the shortcuts are already created for you for default apps and for third-party apps. And then you go into the shortcuts app and you can choose from those. And so everything is in the same place. So anything that integrates anywhere else in the system, whether it's with Siri or whether it will be with the action button, everything ties back to shortcuts and it's pre-made for you there. So pre-made phrases for Siri for third-party apps now exist in shortcuts. I mean, it's still not as easy as just going into settings and then tapping your option to be launch and then you choose an app but i mean okay it's basically there in the sense that you could do it if you really wanted to you just need to take an well, maybe maybe you minutes. could launch an app 
It wouldn't surprise That's me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not that. saying. I'm like saying some more nuance. If you want to do more nuanced stuff with it. Well, that's fine, but I would say most people would probably, if they even get into these settings in the first place, would just be like, no, I would rather launch, like, Snapchat or something. You know, like, imagine being able to launch the Snapchat camera instead of the regular camera. That would be cool if you're somebody who uses Snapchat a lot. I personally, not a huge fan, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, or Instagram stories or something. like. I mean, that's getting a little more involved than just launching said app, but... You know, being able to do that would be pretty cool. But I, I just kind of assumed this was going to be a limited thing, at least out of the gate. And then if you want to get more crazy with it, you can just make your own shortcut. Either way, I'm fine with this list. So I can I can work with this. I just would love to hear if, like, the people who don't usually like to set custom settings and customize things, like, how do you feel about this? Are you just going to leave it as a mute button and it is what it is? Um, you know, please let us know. But... Yeah, so I'm excited about the action button um, titanium frame, I guess I'm excited about. I don't know. That's going to be one of those things where it's like, yeah, this feels good, and then we just don't talk about it again. Um, you know, I am curious to see the actual redesign. Like, I have dummy units, but I don't really notice a huge difference. Like, there is a little bit of a difference. It's not as sharp. But, again, these are like plastic. There's no titanium. So it's it's hard to get the full sense of what it might actually feel like. Uh, USB-C. So that's the other thing. Do you think it's going to be Thunderbolt or is it just going to be faster? Like they're not going to market it as a Thunderbolt port. I for the I pros, probably, obviously we yeah, know that USB three point two is the whether it's going to be USB uh, three point two or whether it's going to be Thunderbolt. But either way, you're either going to get what well, twenty gigabits per second or forty, which is more than enough for an iPhone. Um, Thunderbolt would make sense considering that this is Apple Silicon. In fact, I, I know it's an A-series chip, but what is driving this is is the same uh, technology that underpins uh, the M-series as well. And that obviously does have Thunderbolt controllers. So I wonder uh, if it's just easier to just give it Thunderbolt. I mean, the iPad, uh, the iPad Pro has had Thunderbolt for a long right. time now, past two or three versions. So... Thunderbolt would make sense, especially if you want to show how fast you can get that 4K ProRes video off the the new devices. Well, yeah, that's the thing. And like, obviously, we're not there yet with like being able to take the same types of 3D videos or spatial videos or photos or whatever for the uh, Apple Vision Pro. And we don't have, you know, any concrete idea that that's actually going to be something that happens. But it just makes sense for Apple to integrate that into the iPhone cameras in the future, so that you're not trying to wear that thing over your head over and over again in random places uh, but then you can consume that content at a later date but like to get that off to you know your mac or something i mean you you these videos are probably going to be and they're already pretty pretty large so we need something better than airdrop or image capture on your mac I don't know. Do most people even use that? What do people use these days to train? What do you use? Do you use image capture if you need to plug it in? I don't think I've needed to plug my iPhone in for years. I even know what I would use it for um, to plug it in. I think I'd only end up plugging my iPhone into my Mac if I had a, a serious issue and I needed to do some sort of restore or recovery process. I, uh, you know, we talked about this last time. I don't have photos synced to my Mac. So if I need to get videos, I usually just airdrop it. But sometimes I have to plug it in if the videos are 
super large or lots of them like recording like four plus five minutes you know 4k 24 that 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 becomes kind of large so uh anything else that you're excited about for the iphone 15 there are some new you want to talk about the new storage options that are rumored well i guess that kind of relates to what you were saying uh a two terabyte storage option um which is huge um I really don't know who needs two terabytes of storage on their iPhone, but maybe if you are someone that is. Well, I was just going to, I was going to let you finish, but I was just going to say, if you want me to jump in now, I've seen a bunch of TikToks and Andrew Edwards, our friend, um, he has a one terabyte and he's using 770 gigs worth of that phone. So, I mean, he obviously doesn't need two right now, but he also says that he's got, you know, two terabytes of iCloud storage. So in theory, if he doesn't want to put everything up in the cloud and keep it local, he could use a two terabyte phone. But that's a very select amount of people that are going to need that. I I mean, that's why I don't know how believable this rumor is. I can definitely believe that they will phase out the 128 gigabyte model and have the pro lineup start with 256. Well, that was going to say that. It seems like it's a matter of time before that happens anyway. That's the bigger news Um, there, honestly, if they do this, is that 256 is now the base storage, which I think is the perfect amount for people. Um, I kind of need 512 with the amount of videos that I've been taking, Um, but that's really it. Like, I don't usually go more than that. I guess I could delete a lot of videos, too. If you were uh, taking a lot of ProRes video um, and you do store it all on device, then Apple could make a good argument for why you would need a two terabyte phone. And if they do couple that with Thunderbolt as well, then they are presenting it as more of a production device, um, yeah. I suppose. But you just don't know how many how, how, how many people would actually buy a two terabyte iPhone. The one terabyte model will still be available, of course. So... How many people are going to go even further than that? Maybe there's a lot of people out there that still download movies. Like, you know, I mean, we're thinking of it from like what we personally take. I don't know. There's got to be somebody out there that stores like their entire media library on their phone, right? There's like one person out there. I'm sure people would buy it. I just don't know how many people would buy it. Um, And that's maybe why I don't buy this rumor so much. We have we we heard it uh, this rumor last year, I believe, with the iPhone 14 lineup that there was going to be a two terabyte iPhone, and eventually, I suppose there will be. But this year, I'm not so sure. Okay, well, we'll see. I am more excited just for the base model to be 256. I think I could probably get away with it. Honestly, I just need to delete some videos that, like all the social media videos, the TikToks, Instagram reels that I take and do for you know Mac rumors and stuff are on my phone. And there are multiple clips of the same thing. You know, that stuff adds up. And then uh, even when I save it or post it to TikTok, it gives me a draft back, which I could probably turn that off. But uh, And then when I do captions, that's a whole separate video because the captions app saves it as a new clip. So I have like many of the same. I should just go through and delete a lot of it. But um, yeah, tons of stuff. And um, so that's... Oh, well, the camera. So the, the next thing, you know, that we're... We've been talking about for a while now is the improvements of the camera. So we're expecting Periscope uh, 6x optical zoom now for the Pro and Pro Max. Um, 
I've been fine with this. I know you are a little sad because it's going to change the focal length. You're not a fan of that. Yeah, but it's only the only the Pro Max. So I, I always get the smaller iPhone anyway. Oh, so, so I'll be good. right for just one more year. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we're just expecting it to get an A17 chip, which, you know, it's not insignificant. It's going to be three nanometer, right? So like that's a huge feat right there. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Does the most average consumers care about what chipsets coming in and cares how much faster the are your phones already pretty good? Um, but it'll have six GPU cores and six gigs of RAM. It so. could lead to a could lead to a decent battery life. Uh, That's the thing that people will care about. Much more efficient. Yeah, one yeah. of the latest comments I got was you didn't talk about battery life, and it's like, well, I don't, I don't have anything concrete. Like we don't have rumors of like, oh, the battery is increasing to 5500 milliamp hours or something like that like i just don't have but we do have you know word that the a17 could be more power efficient so we could expect uh battery life to be better but like how much is that going to translate i don't really know and honestly my i did a full review on the the you know 14 plus or 14 pro max um kind of my one year later and my biggest gripe with it is, is that battery life has been trash for me lately and it's a combination of things. It's been worse with iOS 17. But even before I got to the betas, it was still not great. And so any help there is greatly appreciated. I think that would be like the best. If they just came out and said we made the phone a lot thicker, but that's because we added a mega battery, I feel like everybody would freak out and buy it immediately. Am I off base here? But I, I, I think it would be popular, and especially on the Pro models. However, I think it is important to note that every single pro iphone model that has been introduced effectively i mean if you want to include the iphone 10s in this um every single one has had a battery life improvement of at least one hour some have had four hours um the jump from i think it was the uh iphone 10s to the iphone 11 pro was a huge increase um maybe i think that was maybe a four hour increase or something like that uh, but every single iphone model has had at least one hour um, so with a significant uh, change to the underlying chip technology with this device, which will mean the whole thing should be more efficient. There's other elements we're expected to be more efficient as well, like the OLED driver is also supposed to be more efficient. The, As I mentioned before, the U1 chip, um, or whatever this new ultra-wideband chip will be, will also be more efficient. So there's these efficiency savings across the board. It's got to be at least one hour, at least maybe three hours improvement over the current models, which would be significant because what is the Pro Max at this point? It's something like 29 hours battery life. Oh, it sure as hell isn't that on a normal basis, though, for real. Like... <laughs> I do not what, get what that. Apple what Apple claims it to be. Um, right. But, you know, this could be the first iPhone supposedly with thirty hours plus battery life. Yeah, I mean that would be nice. That would I, thermals could use some work too. I feel like my phone's getting way too hot these days, um, especially when wirelessly charging. I I get it. That's probably not Apple's deal one hundred percent there. At least with, with MagSafe, it's never hot. But with like normal Qi chargers, and specifically with my with my with my tesla that wireless charger makes my phone so hot but that's a notoriously bad wireless charger, charger. So yeah so it's not I it's not apple's fault tesla and yeah less than apple uh, i'm not trying to blame apple here i i understand that that's probably but i still feel like in general it's gotten hot and not from a charging standpoint just from a use standpoint um it's not all the time the thermals are generally pretty good but you know we can always do better and that will obviously increase increase battery performance as well um 
But yeah, the charger on the Tesla, good lord. It's I've just brought a, a cord into my car now because I'm like, first off, it doesn't give me any extra battery life, maybe like 1% or 2%, but it's at this point just maintaining because it's so hot that it's just draining everything. Um, yeah, that charger is terrible. Uh, I'm trying to be more optimistic too, but this doesn't sound like it. I, I, I really am. I've gotten yelled at, although I got one compliment in which... You were told that you were too positive, and I was told that I was like... Yeah. Well, we can't win, can we? No, but there's a lot more people saying that I'm being too negative. And I'm not being negative. I'm just... This is a time where I can like express how I really feel about certain things. Obviously, Apple is a great company, and I do enjoy all of their products, but they're not perfect. Nobody is perfect. If they were perfect, then we wouldn't need to do the show. We wouldn't need to talk about how we feel about devices. There wouldn't be YouTube reviews. Everything would just be perfect. We don't live in that world, so we need to be able to be honest and upfront about how things are. And there's room for improvement. And if another company does something better, that shouldn't offend you. We don't run Apple. Like, it doesn't matter. We want competition. That's a good thing. But anyways, so that's the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max. We don't usually spend a lot of time talking about the regular iPhone 15 and 15 Plus just because there's not a lot of stuff there but they are getting in theory dynamic island is the frosted glass rumor still a thing where we're expecting frosted glass we've only heard it once um, okay so maybe maybe not because i was uh you know like i did that video the other day and i i when i said that rumor i was like "Hmm, i still feel like this isn't gonna happen because then like and i mean it's not like it's impossible to have bright colored frosted glass phones but typically the 15 lineup gets all the bright colors and i just don't know how that translates with a with a non-glass like glossy glass finish on the back i personally would really like it because i can't stand the glossy finish you don't um, I, I think I it kinda... just attracts fingerprints and yeah i just think it always looks terrible after a little while it gets really scratched i, I much prefer the frosted glass i think it makes it feel much more premium but then this just looks boring oh well, this phone looks great i love the black but like the purple does not look like purple. It's fine. It's not that bad, but like, I don't know. You know, some people like bright colors. We we could go through the color thing again, but I think people are gonna drive off a cliff if they hear us talk about colors again. So, I want everyone to stay safe. So, but yeah, I, well, that was honestly we can't not talk about colors because that was the other rumor along with that frosted glass was also how are they gonna do this bright pink and bright blue color that were rumored for those fifteen? Is that still a thing, or are we kind of expecting similar colors? To last year we haven't heard anything else about color options uh, for those devices so i think uh the iphone the standard iphone models this year are a little bit more of a mystery i think the only things that are really nailed down are usb-c with usb 2.0 speeds a 48 megapixel camera that is very similar to the one uh from the iphone 14 pro and um dynamic island so it's basically just gonna be an iphone 14 pro with less cameras right yeah and a less premium design um well so yeah. it's 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 i think it's still a really solid upgrade i mean the iphone 14 uh, standard model was a little bit underwhelming compared to the iphone 13 i think you would be hard pushed to justify upgrading from one to the other oh and even if like... you were coming from an older device say you were coming from the iphone 12 yeah to the iphone 14 it isn't that significant but i think 48 megapixel camera it's yeah. a it, that is a great camera on the iphone 14 pro 
Likewise, yep. USB-C will make a big difference to a lot of people. And Dynamic Island also is a really fun feature. Um, you know, we kind of forget how much fun we had with it when it first launched and how much we enjoyed using it. Um, that is also something that standard iPhone users will get a lot out of. I think in terms of making an all-round iPhone for everyone, um, you know, what more do you really want with a standard iPhone? This seems like a really reasonable, really solid upgrade. Yeah. I mean, the 13 to 14 upgrade, that term is used very generously. <laughs> I would not classify that as an upgrade. But uh, yeah, I could see 13 to 14 being quite an upgrade. Um, you're basically getting all of the good features from the the, four, the 14 Pro um, in that same design that we've been used to for the standard models. And then the plus is the plus. I mean, it's just bigger, better battery, I guess. I haven't really used it, I'll be honest with you. I have one, but I have not used it past the first week of getting it. So I, I, maybe I should go back to that and see just how much better that battery really is. I'd be interested to see also what you think of how heavy it is. And do you actually really like having that oh, bigger display, but with a more lightweight design? I was going to say, hold on. It's not heavy at all. You were alluding to that, right? Well, I was saying, is it, is it off, does it kind of offset um, how the Pro Max at times can feel a little bit sort of unwieldy in the hand because it's so heavy, but also so big? Yeah, so here's, here's that, the plus. I mean, this feels like a paperweight, like light, like paper compared to this. This feels like a brick. So, I mean, it's significantly lighter, I feel like. Um, and I don't really know what the what the actual weight dimensions are, but I don't know. I mean, it's it's a good phone. It it doesn't feel bad, and I, I mean, it's it's gonna run the same stuff. You're just gonna have a less you know less camera, lesser screen, uh, and that's that's really it. I mean, less performance technically, but again, I. I've never had a time where I'm like, you know what? This phone needs more performance. Like, I'm not doing anything crazy unless it overheats. And in which case, I don't think any iPhone can withstand the heat. And it just becomes a bug fest. Everything's freezing and lagging until you can give it a minute to cool down. You know, if people want to see it, let me know. Maybe I'll do like a, a one-week switch or something. Just for my own science. So that's the iPhone 15. That's one of the main things that we're obviously expecting. And then the next is the Apple Watch. And this could be a short part of our conversation here because the rumors are pretty underwhelming, honestly. It's basically going to be unchanged other than the S9 chip and then maybe a couple of color options, one color option. Yeah, one additional color option for the Series 9, one additional color option for, for the, the Ultra. Ultra. Um, but the S9 is significant. Uh, I know it's not what people want. Right. I think people really just want new health features. They want a new design. Uh, the S9, I hope Apple will really demonstrate why it matters. Um, and I hope that it translates to better battery life because the standard Apple Watch models, every single one, Apple has marketed with up to 18 hours battery life. Going all the way back to 2014, that's what, what they've been saying. The iPhone... Has, has increased every year, but the Apple Watch has stayed the same. And I would love it if Apple said this year, no, it's not getting 18 hours. It's getting 20 hours or 21 hours. Um, and that, that if that is enabled by the S9, um, that's a good enough reason for people uh, like me that use the standard Apple Watch model 
um, to consider getting an upgrade. Um, I, I'm not too sure what else it could do in terms of performance, but battery life to me seems like the key thing. I'm really bummed that there are no new like health features, you know? Well, it'll come. They can't, they can't have it every year. Well, what did we have last year? We didn't have any new health feature last year. Well, I guess wasn't the temperature body sensing. Temperature, but that's, sensing, that's so not that is quite health. for everyone, though. It wasn't intended to be like that. It It's just, it is, it is for everyone, but it's just not that useful. Right. So, it's not like I can get my body temperature at any point. I'd have to sleep with it. I'd have to sleep with it for a while. And that's when it would tell yeah. me whether or not there was a fluctuation. Uh, and it was mostly used for cycle tracking, correct? Yeah, that's 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 the main purpose that Apple advertised it for. But right. I found it useful when I had COVID. Um, so when I was ill um, and I had a fever, it enabled me to see um, the following day how bad my fever was in the night compared to a baseline. Yeah. So that that was quite interesting and quite useful um, with the Series Eight. Uh, it's not something I would suggest that you need to run out and buy the latest Apple Watch model for, but it did get a new health feature. That is, and that is a new health feature. Um, and especially I know, for I know, I know. That is a new health feature. But like, I was thinking like a flashier health feature, and I know that like, okay, so I have the uh, Watch Six, and I think the Watch Five from Samsung had the same feature, which I somehow didn't even realize, but it has blood pressure monitoring. Yeah, I mean, there's some asterisks next to that as opposed to whether, like, it's really that accurate or not, you know. So I was expecting, like, if Samsung's already got something like that, Apple's got to be, I know we've been hearing about that for a while, so it's got to be close. Like, something like that would have been cool. Or, like, your blood sugar. I know that's been rumored for a few years. So the key thing to understand with how Apple has implemented these health up Grades is they've never done it every year um, since the series four at least it has been an every other year thing so with the series four we got ecg with the series six we got um, blood oxygen with the series eight we got body temperature so it does kind of follow that the next major health upgrade would be with the series 10 which maybe could be blood glucose because that's the feature that we have heard the most about in terms of research and development um, yeah. whether it will make that deadline or not i don't <laughs> know but it would make sense and ultimately the way that the s9 is built will provide the groundwork for that um, and watch os 10 is also definitely a lot more cpu intensive and gpu intensive um, than previous versions of watch os um, with all the extra animations and full screen um, graphics i mean even stuff like the world clock app is now this really visually rich app that definitely is leveraging the processor more so it is time for a processor upgrade, even if it isn't that exciting. If this year Apple had said the S9 chip and they had not mentioned performance at all, and then we'd put an article up that said the S9 chip is the same as the S8, the S7, and the S6, then there would have been 500 comments that just would have said, this is outrageous, this is unacceptable, yet another year with no chip innovation. So, you know, it's overdue. Um, we've had three yeah. years of the same chip. It's a yeah, good thing. A, I'm not saying it's not important. It's important. It's just there's there's like when I get asked what's the new stuff in the Apple Watch, when I say chip update, no one's going to understand that or most people will not care. So it'll just be like we we need, but it's laying the groundwork. So it is important. Um, I'm just, just kind of shocked that there's not going to be, there's got to be something. I know that we had crash detection on it too. 
Um, yeah. That's not something that anybody um, should use on a regular basis. Uh, you know, even with the Ultra, if you have the Apple Watch Ultra now, I mean, it's not going to be a huge jump there either, unless you want that different color option, which, by the way, I've seen some renders. I'm on board. That looks good. But I'm also wondering if this is really just too big. And if there were battery improvements to the to the S9, I would maybe consider going back. I don't know. Because I don't use any of the yeah, stuff I, that... I think the ultra regret will, will sink in by the time we get to the Series 10. Especially if we get a little redesign for the Series 10. And it's, you know, the 10th anniversary of the Apple Watch next year. Um, so it, it seems like... I think the the original, uh, or at least the standard Apple Watch models, are going to get a little bit more love next year um, for the first time in a while, and that might be the thing that pushes the older users to come back over. And the last interesting thing that I have for Apple Watch is that uh, Apple Watch fast charging could be mandatory for all accessory makers, which would be nice. I don't ever use third. Well, no, that's not true. I do use third party Apple Watch chargers like all the time. I don't know why I was going to say that. But when I dock it at night, it's on a third-party dock. Um, skew, bless you. See, I'm, I'm a little stuffed up, too. Uh, yeah, just stuff's going around. Anyways, um, so that would be nice, I guess. But, like, I only charge my... See, and that's the thing. This is an Apple Watch Ultra issue, so it might be more something that you need to comment on. But my Ultra has battery for days. So when I dock it at night, it, I don't care how fast it charges, honestly. Do you need faster charging? Yeah. Uh, I do. Um, I, I hate it if I have to use uh, a charger that is not a fast charger. It makes a real difference. Um, so I go out of my way to use Apple Watch fast chargers. And when I have been looking for third-party accessories, um, I have always looked for the fast charging ones. But it's true, there are not that many of them around. Still, yeah. if you look at a lot of third-party chargers, um, you will be hard-pushed to find many of them with fast charging. And it's way better than now than it was a year ago. But even so, um, it's 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 still a little bit uh, challenging, and apparently this is because the components which uh, people who uh, accessory makers who are part of the Made for iPhone program, which is Apple's uh, official program for licensing accessories, uh, they get that charging component directly from Apple. Apparently, it was uh, in short supply for about a year. So accessory makers, even if they wanted to put fast charging in, couldn't do it. Whereas now Apple is apparently discontinuing the uh, slow charging module and only the fast charging module will be available. Um, so all third-party accessories should have that functionality, which should be really nice to see. Um, that's good. Yeah, I mean, if I switch back to the uh, Series 9, then, then I'll probably want to charge. But even when I did have the other watch, I didn't really charge need to charge all that often. It would really only be if I ever forgot to charge one night i think if you do it if you do it every day that's fine um and i have with my standard apple watch got 36 hours of battery life out of it um, and i have the smaller model as well and so you can make it work if you decrease brightness if you turn off always on display um and if you if necessary you can put ultra low power mode on now as well so you can make it work you can make it last um but just all, all you need to do, what I do is, when I when I take a shower, I just put it on the fast charger, and that is more than enough to carry me through every day. Yeah. Well, and for sleep tracking as well, you know, it, it keeps me going twenty four hours pretty much, just 
off my wrist for not that long. I'm not going to be out of touch on this one. I know there are people who want to charge fast with their Apple Watch, so I'm happy for them. And if I switch back to the uh, regular from an Ultra, then then I will uh, probably want that too. So that's good that Apple's insisting on taking advantage of better technology anyways. Um, do you think we hear anything? I mean, that's really it for like the main two stuff at the event. And then we can kind of spend this last like 10 minutes or so speculating on what could happen. Any updates on Qi 2? Is that like a thing? Is Or the magnifying or magnifying, the MagSafe charging and all that? Um, well, Qi 2 is basically just an open version of MagSafe. So I don't right. know if there's going to be any new functionality enabled by that. But on a kind of related note, I think that what we will see um, air power? is new accessories. Well, not air power, but what we will see, I think, and there have been no reports about this, this is just pure speculation on my part, is a new MagSafe Duo charger. That's good. It and let me it. tell you why. Because Apple has just said that they're not going to provide third-party manufacturers with the slow-charging Apple Watch module. But the, the MagSafe Duo has the slow-charging module. You cannot fast-charge with Apple's own yeah. first-party solution. So it needs uh, an update for that. It also needs an update uh, because the it's new iPhone's camera it? bumps are too large. Yeah, and lightning. So yeah. there's three upgrades they can give it. This is kind of the time it makes sense. Now, if they were going to just get rid of it, it would make sense that they would already have discontinued it. Yeah. But the fact that they haven't yet done that would suggest to me that when they unveil a range of new USB-C accessories, um, that that is among them. So we get a new MagSafe uh, um, battery with USB-C. Uh, it'd be really nice if that could get a little redesign, a little bit more battery life. I think that's nobody's favorite product. So it would be nice if maybe they had a second attempt at that with USB-C. MagSafe Duo, and of course, we're going to get a new, uh, the one thing we do know we're going to get is get a new AirPods Pro 2 charging case with USB-C as well. So that's three things. Um, maybe there will be others as well. Who knows if we'll get the Magic Keyboard uh, and the Magic Mouse and the Magic Trackpad, USB-C variants of those. Um, there's even a possibility, I suppose, that something like the iPhone SE gets USB-C and gets a, a refresh that literally just gives a USB-C port. I don't know. But there's a good chance that a chunk of the event will focus on if you want to move to USB-C, here's how your new USB-C uh, sort of ecosystem can work. Yeah. Could, they should make a, a MagSafe trio and add the AirPods as the third one. Just make it the same thing. It just folds three times instead of twice, or just once, two times instead of one. I can't count. But you could put your you could put your AirPods Pro on either the Apple Watch or on the yeah, MagSafe. but not not at the same time. But do you need to do it at the same time? No, no. Which is why it's not necessary. Um, I use the Duo a lot when I travel. That's like the main thing that I use to charge at night. Um, but sometimes I don't know when you go to bed, like because I only ever charge my airpods at home i never charge it at home i only ever charge it at the office real quick or if i'm traveling then i'll charge it when i go to bed at my nightstand but i can't do that at the same time as my watch so i have to do it like at a separate time because that's when i'm using my airpods the most so 
Yeah. I think it would be nice to see some sort of all-in-one charging solution like that. Because uh, I know there's some great offerings from Nomad, from Belkin, that do give you that three-in-one functionality. Yeah. And I suppose that's why Apple haven't done it, because they think, well, what can we do that Nomad or Belkin are not already doing? But there's not a lot um, of good travel really options, though. And I suppose that's what the MagSafe Duo is supposed to to fill that niche. Um, and yeah, I mean, maybe it could be even more portable. I definitely think it could be made out of a little bit of a more... Uh, resilient material. I don't love that uh, oh, yeah. sort of thin silicon no, uh, that they fan. use. So it, gets it would be gross. nice if they redid that. Yeah, it gets kind of gross, like the uh, the iPad case, the Magic Keyboard case. That's kind of what it reminds me of. Um, yeah, it's the same material. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that material, but it's fine. Uh, you know, I was thinking like maybe if they added like a port to it, like a USB C port, like a second one, and you could plug in another device if you needed to. Yeah. But I feel like that's not Apple's way of doing things. It's either wireless or not, you know. Maybe. I mean, I wouldn't rule anything out for it if they are going to take another look at the device. I should say again, there are no rumors of this, but it just right. seems to make perfect sense. We're just because they've either got to discontinue it or they've got to update it at this point. It really, it, it will. The current one, I do not see how that is still on sale after September. Do you want to speculate now on any other surprise? Like, if you had to pick one thing, that's kind of like a not a major surprise, but like bigger than accessories what would you think i wouldn't be that maybe we could get an early look at m3 okay potentially if they really want to pad out the runtime they can say they can they can they can segue into it from so look at it like this uh, we get first of all we get apple watch series 9 then we got we get second generation apple watch ultra then we get iPhone 15 and 15 Plus, and then we get iPhone 15 Pro and the 15 Pro Max. And we get this whole thing about the A17 in the 15 Pro and Pro Max, and then building off the A17 with the same clock speed, the same, uh, we've just heard all about why three nanometer is so amazing for Apple Silicon. And then we get a sneak peek of what that could do for the Mac. Um, they haven't done anything like that with Apple Silicon before, well, where we get a sneak peek. And then that kind of leans nicely into an event where they can say, and you'll be hearing more about M3 uh, before the end of the year. Yeah, I guess so. I just, I'm trying to think of like, does another event make sense if there's no iPads besides the iPad mini? I think it does if they've got enough to do. And they sort of do, if they've got the 13-inch uh, MacBook uh, Pro, They've got the 13-inch and 15-inch Air. They've also got the iMac. I would say if they got an um, iMac in there, they, then yes, I will say they do. But if they don't and it's just those two laptops, that's boring. It's got to, it's got to be iMac. It's got yeah. to be. Um, okay. iMac has got to be... It, I mean, the iMac will, should be the main one. Um, so that's a, that's a few Macs, at least. And I wonder whether we may get Mac Mini... Um, it seems a little bit too soon for Mac Mini and MacBook Pro because we did only get those refreshed in January. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, we're sort of also expecting a, an M3 15-inch MacBook Air, and we only just got that in, in June. So yeah. the timing on this is still a big question. Uh, Man, that'd be really crappy sure. if, if, if another one came out six months later, less than six months later. 
I mean, it has happened. Think about stuff like um, in 2020, there were two MacBook Airs released. One of them was released in May and one of them was released in November. Oh, the M1 and the regular, the Intel one? Yeah. 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 So they have done stuff like this, where if you're just an ordinary consumer and you just bought that in, you know, uh, I don't know, say June, and you, you think, well, you know, it only came out in May, they're not going to yeah. refresh it all that soon. True. Um, it has happened. And we know that the M3, uh, the M2 15-inch MacBook Air was originally supposed to come out last year, but it didn't. So it could be overdue uh, to get that. And maybe the uh, the current version won't be around for all that long. Uh, so I think the October event, if it is in October and not November, um, is a little bit more interesting um, because ultimately we've got four devices that are nailed down for the September event. That is enough to take up runtime, you know, roughly sort of 20 minutes on each device. Uh, that's enough. Ooh. Throw in something at the beginning, maybe give us a little bit about Vision Pro, give us uh, some stuff on USB-C accessories. That carries you for that time. Um, and of course, they're going to talk about uh, iPadOS, um, uh, iOS uh, 17, watchOS. Uh, when that's all coming out, that should also um, be discussed. But what is October? That's the yeah. bigger question. Um, and hopefully, when we get past this event, uh, we will get a little bit more clarity on that because I just don't know other than iMac and the, at least two MacBooks. And if they've all just got the same M3 chip and they are all designs that we are already familiar with, what is there to even talk about? Because they can only talk about the chip once at right. the event. They're not going to talk about the chip, the same chip, for three different computers. So maybe it's the time where they where they introduce face id into one of the macs but like to not be in a macbook pro would be weird but like maybe the macbook air is like gets face id or some sort of new feature i think if if and when face id is coming to the mac it will come to the imac first well it could uh, could it be on macbooks this one? are too um i mean we haven't heard anything about it um but could be a good surprise maybe um I, I think it'd be really nice if the iMac got a little bit more than just the M3 chip. Yeah. Uh, whether that will happen or not, I don't know, but it would be really nice to see. Um, but I'm going to yeah, be honest with you. just racing, trying to think, what is it going to be in October? I, I'm going to be honest with you. My mind's racing on what Apple could say for 20 minutes about the new Apple Watch. I'm not trying to be negative, but what do we got that's 20 minutes long? Well, go, <laughs> go and watch the Series 8 unveiling oh, and you boy. will see how that's they even can worse. talk about a watch that only had the the series 8 had body temperature sensing it had um crash detection and it had a new uh accelerometer i think it's just those three things well i'm gonna and say how long they talk that for. got plenty of of runtime uh iphone 2022 they spent oh well we we are also expecting a new Apple Watch band. So we'll get uh, some pretty animated video of the new band, I'm sure. That will take up some more time. Okay. Apple Watch Series 8 started at timestamp 647 and ended at... Well, they had three watches. No, oh, they only did the 8 and the SE was... Oh, geez. They spent 14 minutes on the Series 8. And then they spent two minutes on the SE. <laughs> And then they spent 23 to 
40, almost 20 minutes on the Apple Watch Ultra. But that was a whole new product, so. Yeah. Not going to have 20 minutes of content there this time. So it'll be interesting to see, but all right. Well, let us know in the comments down below what you guys are thinking for the iPhone event. Um, But I can tell you for sure there will be a new iPhone. You know, call me Nostradamus, but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. And so uh, we'll catch everybody in the next episode. 